Blog Talk Radio. just a Saturday where we get to talk sports. It's a Saturday. It's a Saturday in March Madness. It cannot get any better than it already has. We're going to break down that madness, and we call the show Boiler Down for a reason. My God, am I excited to talk about that reason. Of course, my bracket was eaten by a tiger and, um, oh yeah, and a knight. Um, but it is what it is. That's why you call the bracket, right? <laughs> we got a gentleman, Buckeye, Balance Party, and Super Friend, Cavalier, Super Friend, and all around great dude to help us recap the games from the first round of the big dance. Boy, was there some dancing. Raise your hand if your bracket wasn't busted. Uh, so I thought, crickets. Also, today. Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest.com, uh, and our official NASCAR contributor, joins us to break down the action at the Atlanta Motor Speedway, Hotland. There's a doubleheader today with the Truck Series uh, in this afternoon in the Xfinity Series at 5 o'clock. And then tomorrow, the big boys step up at 3 o'clock to go on the track and go racing. Ed Kratz, beat rider for the Philadelphia Eagles, and SI.com, our official NFL contributor, also joins us. Uh, to talk what's going on in the crazy world of free agency. Eh, you know, and we'll put out and I'll put on the Homer hat here with Adam here in just a minute and talk about the Colts. Haven't did much. Did something. And I don't know if it's much. But hey, that's Chris Ballard for you. We'll save that for another rainy day. <laughs> My name's Sean Mark with Al Presidente. Stick around, it's about to get good. Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. 
with over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Right. No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got it's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Piquet, which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what, actually, I'm, I'm just gonna order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. five or six bucks for me. I'm okay that I lost it. I'm totally okay that I lost five bucks. And I'm an IU fan. I mean, when was the last time that we get to, to have this celebration in round one of Arts Madness as an IU fan? But, uh, man, and then, of course, uh, we, we saw, wow, we literally saw history over, over the weekend, Adam. We saw two number one seeds fall 
and and who I keep, I'm really super as you can tell I'm really super excited to talk about this Purdue game. But who would have thought that Arizona would have got beat by Princeton? So let's start there. That's the biggest upset so far uh, well, until yesterday. Uh, that that's what we started with on Friday, and we'll go through some of these other games and these other brackets. But uh, what what are your thoughts there, Adam? I, I mean, I think. Uh, I think what we're seeing with with college basketball is, I, it's this everybody is coming closer to the medium, you know the median where, the difference now in the tournament between a sixteen and a one or a two and a fifteen, isn't that much, and all it takes is, an off shooting night, and, and that's it, like and and that's. Obviously, what happened, you know, last night to Purdue as well. You know, I just think – I don't know if this is a is a symptom of um, the talent level that's playing in the NCAA because a lot of the best players lately the last few years are going straight to the league <laughs> to play with the time elite or the Ignite team. Um, I just – I see – you know, we don't see some of those – Dominant team. I mean, I I can't remember the last time we had a dominant team in college basketball that was dominant because they were that much better. You know, Gonzaga a few years ago almost went undefeated, but that was more a symptom of who they played against than them being truly a dominant basketball team. But, I I mean, I I just – I think you watch it and and you go, is – is this is this the best they have? Does it make it more exciting? Maybe. Um, I I tend to I think the best Cinderella run that I can remember of recent history isn't going to be any of these or even like what is it St. Peter's that did it a few years ago? It's still Butler with Gordon Hayward when you had a small school with one stud that plays is still playing in the NBA that went up against teams stacked with NBA talent. I think that's the thing that's hard is if you look at these rosters, you're going like, all right, there's maybe an NBA guy there. There's maybe one over here. But like I said, the best players that are, that are, that are then going on to make noise in the league are playing with the overtime elite, um, the Ignite team, or they're playing overseas. So it's, it's one of those things that's it's fun to watch, but then you can also realize that some of this is just bad basketball. Purdue missed so <laughs> many open shots. Well, yeah, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, as we, uh, as you heard the in the soundbite, which has been played all around the world, everybody's heard it by now. Is the coach of uh, Fairlie Dick- Dickinson in the play-in game? Uh, wins the play-in game, and you would have thought he's already won the national championship. And I know here locally on, on local morning radio and afternoon radio, they were really like, all right, guy, rain it in here a little bit. <clears throat> rain it in here a little bit. Of course, play that sound bite. And, uh, you know, one one minute he's like, hey, I, I don't want for, you know, the video says, everybody stay humble, stay humble. But, you know, what do we know about Fairlight Dickinson? Nothing. Did we even know there was a Fairlight Dickinson? They're somewhere in Trayneck, New Jersey, I think. Um, they're the shortest team in basketball. This is what even makes it more exciting for me. Uh, as as they took down the top seed, Purdue, and, and all year long, all we've heard about is seven foot four big man Zach Eady, uh, on. But, hey, 
I guess size doesn't matter, right? Uh, but uh, man, I just feel like you're right. I do, I do agree with what you're saying about teams starting to come to the middle, and maybe they need to have a conversation about how the uh, brackets are put together. But at the same time, it does make sense for Fairlight Dickinson to be in a play-in game. Barely gets in the tournament. It does make sense for them to be where they were at in the, in the bracket. It does make sense for Purdue to be where they were at in the bracket. But they had. It's almost like they. It's, it's almost like it's designed to have the losses early with teams like that. And when you see games like we saw last night take place, and games like we saw with well Princeton, I'm not entirely shocked about. Actually, I'm not overly surprised. Kind of surprised that it happened with Arizona on the first on the first one, uh, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I think the the game set off scenes of euphoria uh, across the nation. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I for one have had an extremely hard time watching any college basketball this season. I mean, some of that has to do with the fact that Ohio State, for the bulk of the season, had no idea how to score points, but. My my struggle that I'm dealing with, that, that I've had with this team is, the team's at the top. You had a very, very flawed Purdue team. You had Kansas that's the reigning national champs that just like, but they just, I don't know. You, you just, they, it was just not, you watch them and you're like, okay, it's okay. And then here's Alabama, whose best player has not been charged, but everybody no, knows know. freaking assisted in the murder of a, of a, of another guy. Absolutely. A teammate, a football player, a gun that that man used to shoot somebody. And not only are they playing him, he did a celebration the other day that was mocking the situation. Yeah. And I'm just you know, like, that, this, is, this is ridiculous. Well, here's the, here's the thing. And, and we talked about this in a little bit of detail last week with Tony. I know you weren't able to be on the show, but we, we talked about this very same thing about how they don't want this to be a distraction for them in the tournament. Well, how can it not be a distraction? And well, you, you know how you don't make fine. a distraction? Suspend the kid like he should be. He shouldn't even yeah. be on the court. No, yeah, absolutely. You know, he's, he's now got armed security guards. It's right. crazy why well, he's at the tournament. hilarious. He has armed security <sighs> guards because the quote-unquote death threats that he's received, which apparently is different than the death warrant that he basically issued by giving that guy a gun. And and, and then when yeah. they even asked him, he's even been pressed by reporters, did you know it was going to happen? And he didn't say no. He just beat around the bush until somebody else changed the question. You know, I ask, I'll ask you the same kind of the same exact question that I asked uh, Tony last week. Here, here's the thing: what what level of stupidity do you have to be to do this? When you follow the whole train of, of events, and then we'll get back on track because we don't want it to be a big distraction for our show. But uh, when you follow the 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 breadcrumbs, if you will, did he actually pull the trigger? No, but he did get a text from said person says, "Hey." Bring me my, my heat or bring me my peace and, you know, something's going down here. You know, okay, first of all, no. Second of all, why are you – you've got a gun in my car. He, uh, first you say he didn't even know he had a gun in his car. Well, then why would you be bringing it to him? So that didn't make any right. sense to me. But and then he – so here's the thing, Adam. You and I are pretty good friends. We're pretty good tight. But we're, let's just say we're hanging out 
and uh, you drop me off downtown. Things start popping off. I send you a text. I said, hey, man, my gun's in your car. Bring it over here to me. We got, I got to take care of this. And you bring it over to me, and then I hand the gun to somebody else, and that somebody else shoots and kills somebody. Um, I think all of us are guilty of that murder. It's a thing called accessory to the crime. That's what it's there for. Yes. Well, accessory means to access. I mean, yeah, if if you're downtown, if if I get a call that says, you need to come down and help me settle something with somebody, I will come down, and my settling with you, Tom, is I will get your – Ample behind into my car, I will drive you home and slap you till you go to bed. Like that's <laughs> well, there's a real friend, friend for you. That's my point. There, there's a real like, friend for you. Just, it's just ridiculous, and, and to me, it does put a very um, unappealing shadow over the entire tournament. It does, and it's unfortunate, but you're right, it does. Well, your Adam's crappy bracket, you'll be pleased to know, is not in last place. It's in 10th hey. place. <laughs> have, I, you did, I knew it, this year was going to be rough. That's why I called it Adam's crappy bracket. I, you know you, you know, what, you know what my, my bracket's names are? Penny for your thoughts. That's after my dogs. Stop licking yourself because that's what I'm always telling my dogs. <laughs> of course, El Presidente, that one's me. And uh, and then the other dog, whenever there's a squirrel, just goes crazy. So it's oh look a squirrel. But it's funny on some of the names that that people come up with when, when naming their their bracket. But uh, let's let's see who's at, let's see in the balance bracket, and that's Greg because I know who that is. Uh, and I believe this has something to do with his anniversary date, but uh, WHIP 91221 or something like that. But he's in first and second. So let's start breaking down. Uh, let's start breaking down the the brackets here. Hold on. Let me open up. We'll just. Uh... Speaking of dogs, it sounds like you're having a thing with your dog. <laughs> yes, they're literally running around trying to constantly speak. All right, let's let's go let's go to to what we know now. It's going to be Alabama and Maryland. Obviously, number one Alabama, number eight uh, Maryland. Um, I kind of thought West Virginia would beat them in that game. What are your thoughts in that bracket over there as we start in the South and what we do know uh, so far of what's locked in? Uh, I, I'm, Alabama's going to win, most likely. Um, the question for them is, I mean, Darius Miller, for all of his off-the-court troubles, um, which apparently him and John Morant need to see the same counselor. I don't know what's going on with them. Um, but, you know, I would say they're arguably the best team in the field. He's probably the most talented player um, that, that's available. or He's the most talented player in the NCAA field this year. Um, they should win the game. Maryland um, is okay. They're they're a, they're your average Big Ten team. If they can slow it down and maybe mm-hmm. get get in Miller's head a bit, because he is he is the engine that runs Alabama, they'd have a shot. But at the end of the day, I think Alabama wins. 
So, you know, we saw on Friday Friday night, uh, Friday afternoon, the first team to fall. I was watching that uh, at my office uh, on the top floor with a great view and spread of food. I sent you a picture of that. Let's see who there. I digress. Squirrel. Uh, we, we saw this uh, Virginia-Furman game, and everybody goes, well, who's Furman? I mean, really, we thought, well, this was – Okay, let's just check the box and let's go on to round uh, two uh, for Virginia. Did not happen. Furman gave us our first upset, if you will, against Virginia. Uh, so, and then they have San Diego State, and I thought that game with San Diego State in Charleston was rather uneventful or unexciting. Dude, does San Diego State? I mean, you got to think anytime a 13 seed knocks down a four seed, it's not that uncommon, believe it or not. It is actually a pretty common stat. But you would think that a 13 seed and this kind of goes back to what you were saying with teams moving toward the middle. Uh, what, do you, what are your thoughts real quickly on San Diego State and uh, Furman today at 12-10? I mean, I think we've seen this where these teams that are the lower, like 13-14, 15-16, they'll win that first game, and then they go on a run. The confidence mm-hmm. that they play with, uh, yeah. again, St. Peter a couple of years ago, um, as a 15 seed. You know, we've seen this, though. They'll go on that run where they use that to propel them forward, and they realize you, when you knock down a two or a one, you're like, you know what? This other team ain't that hard. You beat a Virginia, San Diego State's nothing. And, and, and so from that perspective, when that first domino falls, I lean toward it, toward it continuing on at least through the opening weekend. You know, they can, they can continue that momentum through the opening weekend until they then have to sit on it and go, holy crap, what did we just do? Yeah. Type situation, you know. Um, <laughs> well, let's move on to the Midwest so we can get all – let's over to the Midwest so we can get these games in. Houston, a lot of people have this. Houston going all the way to win it all. I know I'm certainly one of those uh, guilty people. Uh, they come up against uh, Auburn. Uh, and uh, Auburn, uh, you know, that was a 8-9 situation. It could have gone. It was a, a coin toss, if you will. But Houston-Auburn, what are your thoughts? Houston, Houston's very good. They were number one for a yeah. chunk of the season. They're they're solid. Yeah. This is a team that returned a bunch of guys that went to the Final Four just a couple of years ago. I think they were in the Elite Eight last year. Houston's going to win. So what did you think about yes, yesterday? I don't know if you stayed up late enough to watch the game. Uh, but, uh, of course, uh, Miami beat – I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Miami beat Drake, but Indiana beat uh, Kent State. Um, I was a little kind of concerned about Kent State a little bit. I was also thought that uh, I, I I kind of thought that, that uh, Drake would would beat uh, Miami. That was kind of one of my upsets that I picked. So you got Indiana, and you got Miami, four or five seeds. One of those you would think logically are going to take on Houston, and their uh, tournament's going to be over. Either one of them, I think, coming up against Houston. That's where I've got uh, uh, Indiana falling out of the tournament. Is they're going to match up against Houston, and, and they're going to say goodbye. Uh, but uh, on the 19th is when they play, but uh, uh, Indiana and Miami, what are your thoughts? I've got IU. I, I think IU, they kind of figured out who they are um, a little bit and, and how to operate. Um, and they're starting to live up to some of the preseason hype. I tend mm-hmm. to agree that they're going to lose to Houston next weekend, but in order to lose to Houston, they have to get through this weekend, which I do think is going to happen. So we've got Creighton and Baylor uh, matching up. Uh, and uh, I think a lot of people got Baylor um, there. I had North Carolina State actually beating Creighton, so I, 
there, there you go. That's what, how much I know. Uh, but Creighton, a solid team, solid team. Baylor, obviously, always good, uh, especially when it comes to basketball. Uh, Creighton and Baylor, 6-3 matchup, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've got Baylor winning this. Um, to that point, I mean, they're always good. They won the title, what, just two years ago. So, I mean, and beat the pants off of them against that team that has been <laughs> just rolling through everybody. Um, Creighton plays, always has teams that play very solid fundamental basketball, but Baylor just has year-in, year-out athleticism that Creighton will likely not be able to keep up with. So I've got Baylor advancing here. You know, a, a very exciting yet nervous game for me yesterday was to watch uh, Xavier and Kinshaw State. Kinshaw, Kinshaw State, first of all, never been in the tournament before, and they had their number the entire game. It was not until it was like a basically a March Madness buzzer beater type win uh, for Xavier. They pulled it off. They they face they face uh, Pittsburgh could beat Iowa State. I didn't see that one quite coming either. Uh, but it it, it, it it happened. So Xavier, they, you, you, were they just playing bad basketball? I, 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 don't, I don't think so. I think Kinshaw was that good. I think this is one of those teams that we can use as a use case based on what you were saying earlier. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think sometimes you hear that teams never been to the, to the dance before or something like that, and you just kind of overlook them. And I kind of feel like that was the case. And then, and then, and again, usually in past history, when we see these teams that are highly ranked in the opening round, kind of scuffle their feet for like the first half and then into the second half. And then they rally and end up winning by like, in some cases it can be a comfortable margin. The next game, they just blow the doors off the team. Uh, we used to see that a lot from like the 16-1 seeds with like North Carolina, Duke, You'd see them, like, kind of mess around with the team for, like, a half, and then they'll put up, like, 42, like a 42 to 12 second half score, and you're like, oh, there it was. Um, there it goes. I, I think that's, that tends – yeah, I, I kind of tend to think that's what happens in this situation. Like, Xavier finally goes, like, all right, let's stop messing around. Let's put it together. They went on a little short run that ended the game. Um, and, and I think they just continue that. They're, they're coached by Sean Miller, who – you know, allegations from Arizona notwithstanding. Yeah, is a back in Arizona, right? Yeah. So I, I mean, I that's where I tend to look. I think they'll, I think they'll pull it out. I don't, I don't forecast uh, another upset here or or that. Yeah, I think right. Just if you look at the of how this historically goes. Right. Well, let's talk a little bit uh, about another Big Ten team who's really caught fire here toward the end of the year, and a lot he's gotten a lot of attention thinking that they're a pretty much of a powerhouse. That's Penn State. They take on number two Texas. It's a 10-2, and that's tonight. You know, I think the Longhorns are that good, and Penn State is good, but they aren't that good. So I don't see a reason to not advance Texas uh, to the to the next round, uh, which we would think would be Xavier, but. Uh, nonetheless, for what we know now, Penn State, Texas, that's tonight at 745. Yeah, I, I mean, Penn State, Texas is interesting because, I mean, Texas is, is really playing well, especially when you consider what happened at the start of their season with their coach, Chris Beard. I mean, you're talking a team exactly. that had to fire its coach, like, exactly. two and a half weeks we talked about that yesterday. <laughs> I mean, that's it's pretty remarkable for them to be where they are to stay focused, 
and be where they are, and yet that's that's where we're at. And so I just I think Penn State's kind of had that little Cinderella run for a little bit, and this is when it runs out. Do you think that we have a Cinderella? Do is there one that we still are like this could be the Cinderella? Do we think? Do we think that that Kinshaw State? I mean, not Kinshaw State, but do we do we think that? Um, damn, I just the team that beat Purdue Fairly last Dixon? night. Yeah, <laughs> I was all over at the beginning of the show, and now I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I I tend to think it, one of either Fairly Dickinson or Princeton is going to continue the run. Uh, especially in recent years, that's kind of happened. Like I said, you, you win that first game over somebody that's massively seated over you. The next game should be an easier opponent because you're obviously you already beat what should have been the hardest opponent in your bracket. So the next round should be an easier opponent. And so before you know it, you look up, you're in the Sweet 16. Um, uh, all I, right, let's I go ahead and see. That maybe happens with both. We only got a, a couple more minutes here, so let, let's go ahead and we'll hot seat it around. I'll give you the the game. You give me the winner, Missouri Princeton. Princeton. And we just talked about Fairleigh Dixon and uh, FAU. FAU also won in a in, in a in a pretty solid fashion, but again, like they beat yeah. Memphis for God's sake. <laughs> if that yeah. didn't bust your bracket. <laughs> Who saw that I mean, coming, right? <laughs> right. So, I mean, I'm I'm just going to ride with the 16. Y'all already did it once. Let's just see if you can do it again. <laughs> do it again. Kansas and Arkansas. Oh, Kansas. Really, I like Arkansas in this matchup. But, yeah, Kansas is solid. St. Mary's and UConn. St. Mary's uh, put an end to my sister's bracket. She had uh, VCU going all the way. I, did, I don't know where that came from, but it is what it is. St. Mary's, UConn, 5-4. Um, I'm going to go UConn, but I'm not super comfortable about it. <laughs> That's kind well, of a coin flip, but I'll take UConn. We're going to be out at VW3 this afternoon to watch Duke and Tennessee. And, and you know, one, one, one group of my posse is definitely rooting for Tennessee, so I'm going to have to roll with Tennessee and Duke. But uh, what are your thoughts? Just because I like seeing Duke suffer. <laughs> All right. Love it. Good reasons. TCU and Gonzaga. A lot of people got Gonzaga. Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga, now that they've got the pressure off, this could be another deep run for Gonzaga. Michigan State and Marquette. I have to admit, I, I like Marquette, and I know that I'm jumping on the bandwagon here. Everybody likes Marquette, uh, but I'm going to be on that bandwagon because, to me, they're a pretty solid basketball team, and, you know, I watched them, and, and then they beat Butler, you know, to get in here. And uh, one of their favorite things to do, and you got to ride with a team that does this, whenever they win, they they all get team milkshakes. So if you're playing for milkshakes, God, gosh, Theron, you are going to win. And Michigan State and Marquette, what are your thoughts? I'm going opposite. I'm going Michigan State for one reason. Tom Rizzo? Tom Rizzo is one of the yeah, I knew that was coming. conference coaches of all time when it comes to the tournament. Mm-hmm. Tournament coaches of all time. How many times have we seen Michigan State teams that you're like, man, they suck. They're like a seven seed. How how are they going to – and then you look at it like, they make the final four again? Like, he does this like every three years. It, you just, it's hard to bet against Tom Enzo. He just knows how You're to right. get the best out of his team when it matters the most. 
I, I don't disagree. Not even uh, remotely do I disagree. That's why you said there's a, for one reason, I'm like, yeah, Tom Izzo. But, yeah, the, you're, you're absolutely right. Now, let's talk, talk about another team that's seemed to catch fire. I worry about now I'm starting to worry about, based on what we talked about earlier on in the conversation, what we've already seen in the tournament, I worry about teams that we've put a lot of stock to go deep in to not happen. But I don't see any reason why UCLA doesn't move past Northwestern. But we do got to look at Northwestern as being a good, solid competitor against uh, UCLA. Yeah, the thing about UCLA Northwestern, I just don't think Northwestern has the athleticism to keep up with UCLA. Right yeah, now. I agree. But didn't didn't UCLA don't wasn't one of their? Uh, I'm sorry, don't, I'm not up on all their players, but I thought they lost one of their key defensive players that could play a part in it. Yeah, it could. I I still just think I still just go I think they're there's just too much there's just too much for Northwestern to deal with. I don't think there might be. There might be a perfect bracket still out there, but is you know, every I year ESPN gives I mean, up. I don't know any <laughs> I hadn't even heard of Fairly Dixon as a university before the other day. I, I know ESPN, anytime you get like a perfect bracket, you get to be on one of their specials and you get to be on TV. And But I can't see them actually having that this year. I don't know. It, 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 I can guarantee you it's nobody in our in, in our group is, is, is doing that. That's that's for sure. Uh, yeah, real, quickly here, real, real quickly here while we're standing by waiting for Steve to call us in, uh, to call him and, and start our NASCAR segment, uh, Let's let's just put on our homework hat real quickly here. Uh, for both the Browns and the Colts, uh, free agency, not a lot going on with either team. But, you know, you want to make the jokes because his last name's Gay, and I know that's politically incorrect. But actually, it's not about – I don't mind him because you can't really replace Adam Benatieri, which I can see in the back of their mind that's what they're trying to do with the Colts. But Gay is, an, is, a, is a great kicker. He only missed two He's, a, he's a great kicker. If the only you thing know, that you do in free agency is sign a kicker and Gardner Minshew, you're a moron. Oh wait, that is what happened in free agency. And actually, <laughs> well, we, 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 we signed a very we, solid free agency. Very solid. We signed free a we signed a uh, defensive back. Now you, you mentioned Gardner Minshew. That's interesting in the aspect that he's going to play exactly that role. You and I were talking about how the local talking heads here were talking. Hold about, on. Um, you want me to you want you want me to drop what I think is going to happen with Chris Ballard? I absolutely always think about this for about a week. <laughs> it's going to happen, Tom. I think the Colts are going to punt quarterback this draft. I really do. They're not going to move up the three. Yeah, you're because probably three is up wrong. for sale. Somebody's going to somebody's going to do it. Somebody's going to pull the trigger, move up the three. I still say look out for Seattle. Look out for Washington. Somebody's going to move up to three to draft Anthony Richardson. And it's been well publicized following the draft that the chasm, there is a chasm between one and two, or not one and two, one, two, then three, who is Richardson. So Stroud and Young are at a level. Then you drop a level, and that's where Richardson is. And then you drop some more levels, and that's where Levis is. Will Levis is at best. What did I tell you the other day? He's Blake Bortles. So here's I what think I think the about Gardner. Are punt. I think the Colts are going to punt the quarterback this draft, take the best defensive player available, 
Ballard will say, well, we didn't like this draft prospects at all. You know, we weren't really high on any of the quarterbacks. So that's why we weren't really comfortable with it. And for whatever reason, Cocaine Jim is going to sit in his office on 56th Street, buy everything that Chris Ballard has to say. The team is going to probably go at best 4-13 and 13 or 5-12 and 12 next year. They'll be in the, the exact same position with the hope that they can get Caleb Williams or Drake May from North Carolina. I'm just telling you. The way, I don't because disagree we've already, with you. Because we've already seen some of the local guys that are, that are his puppets start to pair at that. So, you know, here's an interesting uh, thing that has been talked about here locally, especially when it comes to about Chris Ballard. The clock for success of, of, of GM's, Chris Ballard's role, doesn't start – until he drafts a quarterback. Now, I think that's absolutely ridiculous because he's not done crap uh, for the Colts in a while. I, yeah, I like well, him, I, and I think that's he's you – That's why you just never draft a quarterback. That's my point. That's exactly what I'm saying. Is that why they are – you know, here, here's the thing. We might get surprised on the draft draft date because – Here's what I my theory on the whole uh, Gartner Minshew thing is. Let's let's bring him on, be a starter for one year. I think that kind of tells us that they are going to draft, not not draft a quarterback. They are going to draft a quarterback, so that quarter young quarterback can step behind uh, Gartner Minshew. And and I think the uh, the Ravens quarterback. Uh, I've got a brain fart for a second, but the Ravens Lamar quarterback. Jackson. And so we were talking about that they were going to do that. But very, very expensive for one year. That's where I, I think this it makes sense for Gardner Minshew because he certainly is a good, solid well, backup quarterback. When I say when I say punt the quarterback, I'm not necessarily talking in the completely. I think Tom, I think they're going to draft the best defensive player available in the first with the four pick, and then I think they try to draft a quarterback in the second round. But they don't they don't go with a first round quarterback again. But it is is that is that. Is that necessarily a, you know, I hate to, I hate to play the devil's advocate here because saying, I, I'm so yeah. frustrated with the quarterback situation. But does that, is that the worst thing in the world that could happen? I mean, it's here's here's my thing. It's not if if if, if here's my thing. If you're not going to take a quarterback in the first round, don't take one in the second either. Take one in the third. Take a gamble on somebody that was maybe hurt or was maybe in the wrong system. Don't use a second-round pick on it either because that second-round pick should be a starter, right? Don't, so don't take a first-rounder or a second-rounder at all. If you're not going to go in to go try to get Stroud or Young, whichever one you think is best, which they didn't do, then, then don't take one in the first or second round. Take the best defensive player available. But my point is, we're going to be in the exact same spot a year from now, and is is Ballard going to do it then? Probably not, because here's the reality, too, is Drake May and Caleb Williams are already regarded as at least equal to C.J. Stroud, and from what I've gathered from the tea leaves of putting different sources together, Ballard's offer to the Bears wasn't even close to what the Panthers offered him, like not even in that same hemisphere. And so I don't see Ballard taking a quarterback next year. He thinks 
he can build what the San Francisco 49ers have done, which is build a powerhouse team in every skill position or, or in every position room. And then what you are, it's, the term is called quarterback agnostic. You could have freaking me sitting back there playing quarterback for the 49ers and probably win at least eight games. <laughs> is what they're well, trying to build is what is what Ballard thinks he's building in Indy. But but if you look at the 49ers, they have a superstar in every position group on the team. They have a superstar running back, offensive line, wide receiver, tight end, linebacker, the reigning defensive player of the year, and the best safety in football. So it's 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 hard because Ballard is acting like they're a win-now team when really, and I told you this, they need to tear mm-hmm. it down, get what you can get for the good vets, and start over. But they refuse to start over. It's, basic, it's the same approach that the Pacers make and why the Pacers perpetually live eight to six feet in the East Conference. Well, here's, here's, and that's here's what the, the Colts are doing, but they're just doing it worse. Here's, here's, and we are efforting to get a hold of Steve, so we're, we're just going to keep rolling with this. If you could stick with us, Matt. I mean, I'm, I'm getting ready to talk to you about Aaron Rodgers, and I, I called you Aaron, and but your name is really Adam. Uh, but so okay, here's, 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 so don't do that again. <laughs> so here, here's here's the thing. Matt Ryan gets released, obviously for that we knew that was going to happen. No big surprise there. Uh, but it does save the Colts 17 million dollars in cap space. So you. You think they've got some money to go out there and spend in free agency, and maybe they do, and maybe there's something to be said about uh, Ballard's conservatism. Um, you know, so they save uh, what 17 million dollars of cap space with the move, but took on 18 millions of dead cap dead cap space as a result because uh, Ryan had a fully guaranteed salary, so it was kind of a wash. Did they lose money? Did they make money? And what have you? And speaking of the 49ers, rumor has it that. Uh, you know, Ryan could reunite with his old friend Kyle Shanahan after they're sent together at the Atlanta Falcons with the pre-aging agent signing of Sam Darnold. Um, what do you think? you think that's an unlikely move? Uh, but uh, uh, I don't know. I think Talking if Matt Ryan wants to go to the Falcons, or not go to the Falcons, go to the 49ers as a quarterback's coach, okay. Is he going to go to play? No. <laughs> You know, we 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 get we get the recent we we started saying this a, a long time ago back with Carson Wentz that that we got the Philadelphia Eagles recycled water bottle we got the Atlanta Falcons a recycled water bottle and now we have another recycled water bottle from the <laughs> from the Eagles with Gardner Minshew uh, but here's another interesting thing what we saw happen and I kind of thought well this was just the trade with the Giants did that make sense to get rid of a moderately good player that was doing well for us to move him over to the Giants? I don't understand anything that he does. So probably not. It's no different to me than <laughs> how for like every year he would let our best cornerback walk. Or then like and, and trading Stephon Gilmore, I don't think Stephon Gilmore has much left in the tank. Um, I just, I just don't I watched, I've watched Ballard year in and year out, and every year I'm left going, what is he doing? And, and I feel like that's kind of everyone. 
Well, you know, you when, when Ursay brought him on, I, I kind of was impressed. I mean, he was very, very, very well known uh, in the executive command of the NFL. Uh, he was one of the best scouts ever to, to do the, the game, and he was with the Bears, and then he did a fantastic job with the Chiefs. He was part of uh, a lot of the success of the Chiefs all. Um, so he has and had a good resume, and he certainly did a lot better than the guy we had that moved up there to Cleveland. I, I can't even remember the guy's name now. Ryan how much he meant to. And, hey, he, Ryan he became a scout for the Browns. Not, don't, don't make it more than it was. <laughs> well, do you trust his scouting ability, I guess? The uh, thing is, Grigson was really good finding those small market, like those small dudes that, that played, like, well at a small school. He was good doing that. He just missed on, like, so for Grigson was good in, like, rounds, like, five, six, and seven. Just don't let Grigson anywhere near pick in rounds one, two, and three, and you're, and you're fine. Well, Ballard cracks me up. He thinks he's a – and I think you and I have talked about this before on this very show. He thinks he's the smartest person in the room. Uh, he does. And I guess that's just him. But you know he was he was really pissed off at Colts fans and, and, and I know you're not on Twitter but he kind of he's like I know I'm going to get oh, lint yeah. mobbed here but the Colts aren't aggressive because you traded your first yeah. round pick for DeForest Buckner and then promptly paid him almost as much as Aaron Donald you idiot <laughs> this is so, this is my problem is he's got thin skin and he will never admit you know what probably not the best move. And I don't even say you have to admit it, but, like, he refuses to look in the mirror and acknowledge to himself what he did wrong. You know what? Saddling Matt Ryan, a veteran quarterback, with a, with a left tackle that was drafted in, like, the fifth round, what are you doing? He values players. Like, he's trying to build a roster to beat the 85 Bears, not the 2022 Kansas City Chiefs. Like, I just – the players he drafts, and then he overvalues and signs them to contracts no other team in the league is going to sign them to. So then when the player doesn't live up to said contract, nobody wants to trade for them because they're not worth it. He just – I'm sure Chris Ballard is a nice guy, maybe. Who knows? Maybe he's a jerk. And if, it is, and if he's a jerk, it makes me feel so much better. I just – he needs someone in that front office to stop him or rein him in from stupidity. And that's he, – he thinks he's going to go get Tom Brady in round six. Well, guess what, guys? Everybody forgets Tom Brady at Michigan wasn't very good. That's why he was available that late. <laughs> And, the, and, then, and then even his first several years, their first two Super Bowl titles, he didn't throw for 200 yards. That Those teams <laughs> won because of the running game and defense. And so it's just this revisionist history because Brady's won a lot of titles and looks good on the cover of GQ or whatever. Like, <laughs> but, but Ballard, he's trying to build – He's trying to build this roster, like I said, like the 49ers. But here's the thing about the 49ers. They bottomed out multiple times. Picked like two or three. Picked, like, 
it's it's where they need it's what you have to do a little bit and at some point you do need to take a swing on a quarterback on a young quarterback like i i just and you and you can't say i took a swing by drafting him in the fourth round or fifth round whenever we drafted sam ellinger because sam ellinger wasn't even in the top six or seven prospects at his position that year like that just doesn't count and the thing is 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 I said for a long time, as a Browns fan, a lot of Colts fans annoy me because, <laughs> and, I, and I'm saying that I'm saying that as someone who likes the Colts. I genuinely, I used to grow up going to Colts training camp when I was a kid. Yeah. I'd go to my grandma's house in Anderson and go to Colts camp before it got yeah. all big and huge. Like, but but Colts fans annoy me because y'all had Manning and then Luck back to back essentially. Right, and this mm. run of incredible success. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Browns haven't had a quarterback that good in my lifetime. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> and, and and so they like Colts fans struggle with. It's like if they're not on the top of the mountain, they're not as invested. In a lot of cases, like there's a real lot Colts of kind fans. Of I, well, the the thing about that, Adam, is and good, bad, or indifferent, whenever you have a quarterback like Peyton Manning, it's very easy for your fans to get extremely spoiled. And then oh, yeah. when that when that run ends, it's like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And they thought Andrew right. Luck was – I think we all can agree, but let's move on past Andrew Luck. But we can all agree that everybody thought that Andrew Luck was it. And he would have been oh, it and, if he stayed. And he had his own personal right. reasons for, for and, going. And, and, I, and I understand, like, I will give Ballard – credit for trying to figure out what to do when a bombshell gets dropped on your organization like Lux retirement. That was not a part of, you know, your plan. Well, they thought he was going to come back. You had to figure it out on the fly. But guys, at what point, that was so many years ago, do you go, okay, we can't act like he's walking back through that door. So we actually have to build for the future. That's my exactly. problem with Ballard. We're talking with, we're talking with Adam Jividen, our, our uh, college uh, cohort, uh, co-captain, whatever. Uh, Buckeye fan, Brown fan, Guardians fan, super-duper Cavs fan, uh, just a super-duper guy all around. He's hanging out with us. We've been we started talking about the NCAA tournament. We were, we're standing by with uh, Steve Wilson. There might be the outside possibility. We're not going to get our NASCAR talk in as, as uh, Ed Kraft is going to be joining us here in just a few minutes. So why are, we, why are you still hanging out with us? Let's just talk a little bit about how we can uh, right or wrong, if you will, and let, let's be the, the Colts fans that we are. We'll put on our home hat because we're located here in, in Indianapolis. I know we're all over the nation, uh, but uh, put on our homer hat. Talk you want to me to take the <laughs> Fire Chris Ballard. Is that what you want me to do? <laughs> I, will, I will tell you my five steps to fix the cold. All right. What's your five steps to fix the cold? Want them. All right. Steps number one. Trade Buckner. Yeah. Trade Leonard. Um, trade Quentin Nelson for anything you can get. If you can get third-round picks for him, awesome. Trade them all. Keep Ryan Kelly. He can be the anchor of your offense, offensive line. You're not massively overpaying him. I don't know anybody that would want Braden Smith because some of the issues that he's had from an injury perspective. And still, you got to pay some guys. It's one less hole that you're going to have to fill later. Okay? 
and you've got to give Shane Steichen time. None of this crap where you're scapegoating him like you did Frank Reich. You've got to give Shane Steichen time. Yeah, do not, I agree with that. Do not, under any circumstances, draft Will Levis for. You're saying we want a quarterback to sit behind Gardner Minshew? If Anthony Richardson is there at three or is there at four, you can take Anthony Richardson. But, but freaking do not draft Blake Bortles 2.0. Under no circumstances. Yeah. If it goes... I know. And you, you, you've been preaching that sermon for a while, and I don't disagree with you. You know, here, I, here's I've, been, I've been on it since the beginning of the season. You have. Like I'll give you that. You didn't football. just jump on it. You didn't just jump on it like a lot of people are starting to do. You didn't... I mean, for the longest time, people thought Levinson's was... Even myself, I thought he's a good conservative-type quarterback where we don't have a lot to worry about. He's, he's good. He's solid at Kentucky. But Dude was at Penn State and he at, couldn't beat out Sean Clifford. Mm-hmm. If you can't beat Sean Clifford, you don't deserve to be drafted in the first five picks. <laughs> so, so here's here's what we've done in the free agency. We signed Sam Samson, Ubon Cam, however you say his name, Matt Gay, obviously the kicker, uh, Tavian yeah, Bryan, and Gardner Ministry. Yeah. What's that? Yep. Yeah, and that's all, that's all we've done, and and certainly yep. Ballard has found extreme value in positions of need. So we'll give him that part of it, but there are other positions that the Colts could target in the coming days. And let's talk about our cornerback situation. This is uh, this one is almost too perfect and too easy. Ballard did not want to get rid of Yinsen in last year's trade for Ganakinaka Nanukukaka. Yeah, Ganakinaka. <laughs> and bringing him back to the CB1 opposite of Kenny Moore, Isaiah Rogers would form a solid secondary in the early stages of this rebuild. At this point in free agency, prices have come down considerably, and Yonsen uh, could sign a cheap multi-year year here in Indy. What are your thoughts about rocking the Yonsen at the quarterback? I'm, I'm okay with that. That would be a smart move in Adam's plan to fix the Colts. What I was going to say is, is like for some of the other positions, like corner where you have a need, get somebody that is serviceable for a couple of years. And then, and then genuinely, don't, oh, the other player you don't want to draft, number four is Jalen Carter. He showed up to Georgia's Pro Day massively overweight. He wasn't as productive as Jordan Davis in college, and Jordan Davis still didn't live up. To, I mean, he, he played all right for Philly, but not like a superstar. If the, if the Colts do not draft a quarterback four, so if it's not Richardson there, because Young or Stroud are not going to be available at four. If Richardson is gone as well, draft Will Anderson to play defensive end. Or the better thing to do, Indianapolis, trade back. Someone is going to be dumb enough to drink either the, the Will Anderson Kool-Aid or the Jalen Carter Kool-Aid <laughs> and move up to go get him, slide back, and then draft Paris Johnson in the first round, and now you have a left tackle that will play left tackle for you at a high level for a decade, like what we used to have when we had, I mean, runs of good offensive linemen. Read that back guy there for six, eight years, and then transition them into somebody else. We haven't done that with the left tackle position. Do that with Paris Johnson. He's the best Ohio State offensive lineman since – Oh, crap. I don't even know. Uh, they're saying he could be the best left tackle that we've had since Orlando Pace. 
when it comes to a program. So, Adam, let's get, let's get your thoughts good. on this. I, I was really disappointed in Paris Campbell going to the Giants. I, I thought he was a good place. To be. Many, I'm not the only one. Many thought the Colts would be in, in the would would see Paris Campbell returning the Colts. But after yep. you know the receiver took a three million dollar deal, uh, odds that he wasn't that interested in coming back to Indy. Any, we probably need to look toward that wide receiver role uh, towards a, yeah. a bigger. Uh, role, if you will, and what do we think about McCall Hardman, if you will? He, he was he was very productive with the, Colts, with the I, Chiefs. I don't. Know He'd be a perfect compliment to Alex Pierce and in Michael Pittman, I guess. Yeah, the, here's what's hard about Hardman. He drops a lot of balls, and hmm. no matter who you're going to have at quarterback, whether it's I hope not Will Levis or. <laughs> or Minshew. You're just going to have um, a stroke if that happens, aren't you? Dude, I'm not joking. If that, if that, I might just turn off the draft and might go to bed if that, if that happens. Um, no, if, if, if I'm not super keen on Hardman for the Colts offense, largely okay. because you can get that kind of speedster dude later in the – you can get him in like the third round. You can get him in the fourth round. He – his – his catch percentage is in the bottom five of all receivers in the NFL. He just doesn't catch anything. And the thing is, is that what you don't want is whether, again, whether that's Minshew, Levis, maybe freaking Hendon Hooker or whoever, right? Whoever you draft or move forward with a quarterback, you're going to need to try to figure out how to develop consistency in that receiver room. What I would do is, again, if you're not drafting a quarterback at four, I would personally trade down to get Paris Johnson, pick up some extra picks. Maybe you can get an extra second-round pick. Maybe you can get an extra third-round pick. With your second-round pick, take the best receiver available, period. Whoever what do you think about DJ? It's not going to be Jackson Smith or Jigba because he's probably going to go top 12, top 15. Um, but, like, A.J. Brown was a high second-round pick. You can get someone like that in the, in the early second round, and that's what you should do. That's going to help rather than going to sign a Miko Hardman. They're talking about Miko Hardman maybe landing in, in Cleveland, as an example, to be our fourth receiver. Like, that's, that's where he, someone, he needs to be. Pittman is definitely the one, but Pierce hasn't even established himself yet as the number two. So you, he needs Harvin needs to go somewhere where there's a very clear pecking order at receiver, and know that he's farther down the list. So, what what about and talking about the free agency anyway, and not necessarily the draft? But what do you think about DJ Clark? I know he's had an up and down roller coaster ride with the NFL, but he certainly is a six four monster. DJ Clark over over Hardman because he's more reliable. Does he have mm-hmm. the pop off the top speed like Hardman? No. But he catches the football, which usually, you know, you're not going to get yards on a reception if you can't make the reception to begin with. So that's, that's where I would tend to lean towards if you need to bring somebody in. If you're not, and again, if you're not taking a quarterback early, build skill position, build your skill positions because those rooms, both receiver and corner, are pretty depleted. And build there, then lose a lot of games and draft Jake May- Drake May from North Carolina, and then 
and then Adam will look like a genius a year from now. Adam will always look like a, a genius. You know, you mentioned Ryan Kelly. I hope he doesn't move because I don't want to buy a new jersey. Those things aren't cheap. But, uh, <laughs> that, you know, he was the first center I've ever got. I usually go with a tight end. Uh, but Ryan Kelly – Potentially on the move. I kind of hope he stays here in Indianapolis for more reasons than just my jersey. But let's just say that he does get out of Indianapolis. You've got to look quickly for somebody that can come in and be adapted. You don't want a rookie being your center guard, whatever. No. What about Connor McGovern? What do you think about him? Uh, Connor McGovern's not bad. I mean, if you're going to go – Again, I, I think this is where – are you going to go full youth movement? Because if you're going to go full youth movement, um, one of the – he was listed on every single, like, star of the combine and is now listed as, a, at worst, the second-best center. Um, Luke Whipler out of Ohio State can probably had with a third-round pick. Um, again, if you're trading Kelly, you can probably get a, a third- or a fourth-round pick for him. Like, I, I – I tend to, in these situations where the Colts are, go young with some veterans in key places, which is why I would keep Kelly. Kelly can maintain the kind of nastiness on the offensive line and doesn't cost as much as Quentin Nelson. And Quentin Nelson is going to get a much stronger return. I don't disagree with that at all. Uh <laughs> Do you want to you want to stick around with us and do our NFL free agency talk with this? I have to get going for Oliver's swim lessons, but all right. You give well, buddy, we best. appreciate you. I ask you this almost every week: When are we going to get a new Jibby's dinner? Oh, hold on, dogs are barking. Say that one more time. <laughs> when are we going to get a new uh, uh, Jibby's dinner? Up? I yes, I. I am going to do something very – every time I think about it, I get pulled in to do something else. It's been super, super hectic for work. Um, this is the end of our oh, year, year, so it's been, it's been busy. But, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll, get, we'll get one up soon. Sounds good. All right, Adam, as always, we appreciate your insight, your input, and thank you very much for joining us. We're going to catch up with you next week, and we'll see uh, what happens in the madness today. So. Sounds good. Appreciate your time. Everybody have a good weekend. All right, buddy, we'll see you. Adam Jividen, our uh, uh, college football, college basketball co-pilot, uh, a super Buckeyes fan, super Browns fan, Guardians fan, Cavs fan, super, just a super-duper guy. Love having him on. Love the energy that he brings. Uh, we are going to push the uh, uh, NASCAR talk. We're not going to be able to do it this week, uh, and it's unfortunate for that. Uh, but uh, I'm sure Steve may have had something to come up. Uh, but certainly uh, remember to follow us on Twitter uh, at T-Balance at for all the updates on the NASCAR. We'll be right back with Ed Kratz, beat writer from the Philadelphia Eagles, on the other side as we continue this free agency tracker. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, 
new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. No, they're my eyes. We're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? No, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes. But it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. All right, and welcome back to The Balance. My name is Tom Mark Patel, Presidente. I hope you got yourself some Black Rifle Coffee. Buy a bag, give a bag. Check it out, BlackRifleCoffee.com. They got everything for all the coffee lovers and any gift that you could possibly want for uh, coffee. And I love me some Black Rifle Coffee. And the good thing about it is when you buy a bag, you give a bag, it goes to the, the troops and first responders. But you know what? You don't need coffee to get excited today because why? Well, it's March, and there's two things going on in March right now that we've been talking about on the show. One the brackets. How about Purdue? You know, I'm an IU guy, and I know I'm, I'm enjoying this to the fullest, but you have a 16 seed take down a number one seed, Fairline Dickinson, a little small school in New Jersey. Uh, I mean, there's a lot to get excited about. But also, we've got NFL free agency, and I'm really excited to have Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, I'm our official NFL contributor to help us get on this free agency tracker. Uh, good morning, Ed. How are you, sir? Morning, Tom. Doing good. Happy uh, St. Uh, Patrick's Day to you. 
Yeah, that was yesterday. Late. But yes, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> we had a little Jameson going on here at the uh, at the house. We had some uh, Guinness and some green beer, and we had a a a nice night watching basketball. I I know you're the, a football guy here, and, and you will you'll be glad to know if you I don't know if you've been following it, but you're not. I know you're playing in our in our balance thing, and you're not uh, you're not in last place. So you're in twelfth place, but. <laughs> What what bracket hasn't gotten blown up, right? <laughs> yeah, well, what, Purdue didn't have, hurt have me too bad. Chance, have you had a chance Purdue to watch any of the games? I have. I have seen some of the games, yeah. And I, Gosh, I saw that uh, monumental FDU win over Purdue. And that didn't hurt me too bad. I, I, only, I had them going to the Sweet 16 Purdue and losing. It was the Virginia upset that, uh, to Furman of all teams. Furman, that, yeah. Uh, that that cost you know, me. That was one of my final four teams, Virginia. So, well, Arizona. If, uh, I had Arizona going on one of my brackets all the way, and they and they, and they got beat by Princeton. I was kind yeah. of a shocker to me. Not really though, but 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 kind of it was. That's fun. I uh, will see. It was good to see IU get a win yesterday too. So I think they're going to have their. I think they're going to be able to beat Miami, uh, and then they're going to meet. In theory, of course, <laughs> theory goes out the window this year. <laughs> You know, this is, uh, this yeah, is right. one of those. This is one of those years where they're like, you know, I'll just do one bracket, and and then you're like, no, maybe give me ten now. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of how things have, have played out. But we certainly brought just, you on most of yeah. it. I, I just want to say, uh, you know, being a Purdue guy, you know, uh, the, I do a lot of watching of the NCAA wrestling, and uh, a Purdue wrestler at 125 pounds pulled off probably the upset of. The NCAA tournament history beat a three-time national champ from Iowa, Spencer Lee. Uh, I'm talking about Matt Ramos from Penn, per, from yeah. Purdue. He he pinned Lee in the in the semifinals last night. So I've been watching that. So Purdue's got a finalist tonight, eight o'clock on the, I don't know ESPN. I think showing the NCAA wrestling. If any ESPN, Purdue yeah. fans are out there, uh, tune tweet. in early because yeah, he he he's wrestling in the finals at 125 against the kid from Princeton. The team that upset Arizona in basketball. So it's it's funny how there you go. Uh, you know that, that kind well, of mirrors what's going on you know, in basketball. It, it, it has been kind of a wrestling match for them on the basketball court, anyway. So it is what it is. Yeah. But you know, we we want to talk some uh, NFL free agency. We uh, we ran over a little bit with Adam Jevident, uh, who was helping us break down the brackets, and and uh, we weren't able to get to NASCAR. Steve couldn't get him calling it. I don't know what happened, but either which way, we just continued to talk and we began to our conversations with the homework card uh, with the free agency. We'll get into that here in just a minute because there's so much that we could unload on, which we've done for the last half hour on the Colts, what they should do, what they shouldn't do. And why didn't they do this? And why didn't they do that? You know, you know, the perfect fan talk about that Colts fans know everything. And <laughs> <laughs> But it, it is what yeah. it is. But let's let's start over there with, in your neck of the woods yeah, down there in Philadelphia. Obviously, the the Philadelphia Eagles have have been busy in in the free agency, uh, and you know, and at, really after a highly active legal tampering period, did that did that term just pop up this year, or have I just missed it? Yeah, I just feel <laughs> like that that we, you know, legal ta- legal tampering. It just sounds like it's it's got a bad tone to it. I think, but. To, uh, certainly, the the NFL uh, officially ran in rang in the new year, and it, it had no shortage of fireworks as free agencies kicked off. We've seen the Philadelphia Eagles get busy. 
We got Gardner Mitchell. We'll talk about him here in just a second. Uh, you reverse course on, on releasing uh, Darius Slay. Hey, go. No, come back. Please come back. I didn't mean it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the division rival New York Giants added another weapon in Daniel Jones by signing former Colts, uh, Paris Campbell. Uh, the Browns have had some go- stuff going on. Jimmy G goes to the Raiders. You know, Gardner, like I said, comes here. So we have a lot to talk about. So let's start with the Philadelphia Eagles, what they've been doing in the free agency, good, bad, or indifferent, sir. Yeah, you, you know, you talk about the Giants there. They did sign another Colts player, uh, you know, a linebacker who had like 150 tackles last year, right? Bobby Okrakere, I think his name was. Oh, that's right. 20, absolutely 26 right or 27. That's, a, that's, a, that's an underrated loss, I think, for the Colts. I think it's a good pickup. Uh, for the Giants, but uh, as far as the Eagles go, and you know that legal tampering, I think I think the NFL wants to call it legal negotiating period now. That 72-hour <laughs> window before the new league year starts, which was Wednesday at four. So yeah, legal tampering is kind of one of those oxymorons, I think. Right? I mean, uh, I guess I don't. I, they want to call it legal negotiating, I think. But uh, <laughs> it's like uh, be that it's as like. It, yeah marijuana now <laughs> yeah. you can smoke marijuana now it's okay <laughs> yeah it's all good <laughs> but, but in uh, some states yeah. it's still illegal here in indiana but nonetheless <laughs> yeah i don't know if it is in pa or not i i don't i don't think it is either um but i don't know i don't i don't really dabble so i don't pay attention to that but uh <laughs> you're not a force um, kind of guy huh <laughs> neither am i <laughs> Neither no, am I. no. There, there was a time and a place for that, maybe back in college a little bit, but not, not yeah. anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, we're oh, the Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles. I mean, they they've been pretty active. I'm I'm kind of surprised. I mean, uh, you know, they had so many free agents. They had like 15 key free agents. Now they lost some guys, and you'd expect that. And you know, uh, but they were able to get some some guys back and they signed a couple guys uh, high uh, low risk high reward players like running back Rashad Penny from the Seahawks the guy hasn't played more than 10 games in his four years in the league he's been beset by injury but you know the guy's 5'11 220 he's a he's a really good running back if he can stay healthy and that's a big if but you know it was a good signing by the Eagles and then they brought in Greedy Williams from the Cleveland Browns right there in Ohio Uh, you know cornerbacks former second round pick out of LSU, never really was able to stay healthy himself. He had some injury uh, issues and played mostly special teams last year. He missed, I think, 10 or 11 games with a hamstring injury. He started the year on IR, so he's another low-risk, high-reward type player. Young kid, I think 25 years old. So they gave these two guys one-year deals, and they brought in a quarterback, Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Uh, interesting story I there. Mariota. Yeah, well, he came out of college at Oregon after winning the Heisman Trophy. Chip Kelly was the coach in Philadelphia, and he wanted he coached him at Oregon, and he really wanted him. And there was all sorts of talk. He, Mariota was the talk of Philadelphia eight years ago when he was coming into the league, and the Eagles offered Fletcher Cox and a bunch of draft picks to the Titans to see if they could get that second overall pick to bring Mariota here. Nothing ever came of it, and now finally, you know, he's an Eagle. He's going to back up Jalen Hurts. Uh, similar skill sets in the, in the fact they both can run the ball uh, effectively, uh, which meant you, uh, your new backup, I guess it'll be a backup or a bridge to whoever the rookie yeah, quarterback we'll is that they draft. We'll get into that here in a yeah. second, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. See. But the Eagles were surprisingly active. They brought in, the, they got their leaders back, Graham, Cox, Kelsey. I mean, those are three huge culture leadership guys in the locker room. Players, the younger players really look up to those guys, and it's so rare that you see – 
a team that has, well, four players now that have been with the same team for 10-plus years. Uh, you know, Graham came in 2010, uh, Kelsey in 2011, Cox in 2012, and then Lane Johnson, the right tackle, came in 2013. And, and those four guys are still here, and they've won a Super Bowl. They, they played in another Super Bowl together, and, and they're just the foundation of what the Eagles stand for. So that was good, uh, a good job by Howie Roseman bringing them back. You mentioned Slay. Not sure I really agree with that, bringing him back three years. He's 32. He'll be here until he's 35. I haven't seen the structure of the deal, so maybe they can get out of it after a year or two. I don't, I don't know what it looks like, but it saved him a, a lot of money under the salary cap by redoing his deal. And then they brought back James Bradbury. You know, that was the best cornerback duo in the league last year, and, you know, I don't see any reason why it shouldn't be again this year. Both those guys are, you know, still playing at a high level. Uh, you know, as Bradbury's 30, Slay's 32, so – yeah, great job by the Eagles, in my opinion. I think given the resources they had and the amount of free agents they had, that Howie did, uh, you know, a really, really solid job uh, putting this team together. And I don't see why I can't challenge for another Super Bowl run. Well, you know, talk about Slay. I mean, you and I were talking a little bit about it via text about him coming to the Colts. Obviously, it didn't happen. But I do know that there was some conversations that, hey, this this might happen. But what I heard also through, again, take it for what talking heads say, but I heard that the Philadelphia Eagles kind of got a whiff of, of some teams that would be picking him up and wanted no part of that, so let's bring him back. And, and one of those was the Giants, and other ones was the Colts, but I think one of the other ones was the Dallas Cowboys. Any of the, those teams, I think that there's what it's been the talking heads have said that, that, you know, Roseman didn't want any part of that. Let's bring him back. Uh, so, I guess you don't realize what you have to the gong type of scenario. You think that's what went on there with Slay? Yeah, I mean, the Eagles had to expect that there were going to be some teams that were going to come after him. I mean, he still can play. Um, I just think it was kind of a negotiating ploy. You know, I don't think Slay wanted to take a pay cut and restructure his contract. He wanted money now. He wanted uh, extra years. You know, he only had one year left on his contract. Um, and I, and I, he, he refused to do it. So the Eagles said, well, go ahead and try to find a trade partner. And I'm not sure they had a whole lot of luck finding one. So, you know, my understanding is Slay came back to the Eagles and said, well, you know, what can we do? And, and, and how he said, all right, this is what we can do. And this will help us on the salary cap if you don't want to restructure. So I think it was kind of a mutual uh, situation there. I think Slay uh, decided he wanted to return and how he said, yeah, we, we would love to have you to return. It was a hard decision to, you know, talk about releasing him. They never really did. Um, but I think it was just kind of a mutual. Slay didn't want to go anywhere. He likes playing in Philadelphia. Uh, and he's a great teammate. He was elected captain by his teammates, first time ever to, in his 10th season in the NFL, the first time his teammates uh, recognized him to be a captain. He spent all those years in Detroit, never was a captain. Um, but he's a big, another good locker room guy, another popular guy who keeps things loose. He's a funny guy. You ask any player in that locker room how – you know, who the funniest guy is, and it's, it's always Slay. So, uh, you know, he's another good guy to, to get back. But, I, again, I just think he wore down a little bit late in the season last year. You wonder, you hope it's not a sign of things to come and his, his play is going to fall off the cliff here. Um, you know, we'll see. I mean, I don't think he'll play at 35. I don't, you know, the Eagles, if they have to pay him in his 35th year, I think it's a huge mistake. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see if he can rebound from kind of a – slacking off, really. His play kind of took a dip uh, over the second half of the season last year. 
We're talking with Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, SI.com, and our official NFL contributor. We're talking the NFL free agency. Let's let's talk about the elephants in the room. I mean, the worst-kept secret is Aaron Rodgers away from the Packers uh, and going to the Jets. And he, he was on a podcast this week that he wants to play for the Jets. The Jets want him. He's not made it official yet. What's, what's the holdup here? Jets take Aaron Rodgers away from the Packers. That's the biggest story in the NFL. That's what everybody's been talking about. Of course, that's what everybody's been talking about. Um, what are your thoughts about that? I, I really honestly don't care. I, Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. He, he obviously was trained and mentored by one of the best. Um, and he's had his time with the Green Bay Packers. He's made his money. He's made his legacy. His legacy will always be tied to the Packers. I, I, I really don't see why this is such, such a thing. Other than the name, am I missing something here? Let's just make it official and let's move on and start talking about something else. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, listen, you say he is a great quarterback. You might want to say was a great quarterback. I'm not – Was. I mean, I don't don't know. 39 years old, how much longer is he going to play? That's the holdup. What's the compensation going to be? Not everybody's Tom Brady. No, right. (laughs) Not everybody's Tom Brady. (laughs) Yeah, but you know he wants to play, right? Because if he retires now, him and Brady will be on that same Hall of Fame uh, ticket in five years. And, you know, Rodgers doesn't want to share the spotlight with Brady, so he's going to try to play at least one more year, I think. And I don't know what level. I mean, you know, there was a a slide in his play last year, obviously. um, But he can still play, and in the right situation, maybe this will rejuvenate him. Maybe he'll go to New York and say, hey, you know, I'm on a different team now. I, I feel better about things. and. You know, we'll see. But I guess the compensation is what's holding that up is what, what are the Jets going to send back to Green Bay for a player who might only play one year, maybe two, uh, maybe he'll retire. I doubt it. But, you know, what's, what's the compensation look like for that situation? It'll be interesting to see what happens. Another one, obviously, everybody's talking about and watching is Lamar Jackson. And there was that conversation here in Indianapolis that, that they would try to bring him here. Very, very expensive maneuver for that to happen for just a one-year type of scenario. The scenario was, hey, let's let's draft our quarterback and let's bring in Lamar Jackson as the QB1 and let our new guy learn from one of the best. Obviously, that was a very expensive uh, proposition to happen, but it didn't happen. It didn't make sense for it to happen, which is why they brought in Gardner Minshew. But there's still a lot of us that think that uh, the Colts will either draft trade back or not draft a quarterback in the first round at that number four slot. And so that's one of the reasons we'll see. They brought in Gartner, and, we'll, and so let's, we'll do that. But let's talk about Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson does have a non-exclusive uh, franchise tag, meaning that the Ravens can match any offer that comes his way from any other team. So they have the, the upper hand to say, hey, we want to keep Lamar Jackson, but does Lamar Jackson want to stay a Raven? That's the big question. What are your thoughts? Well, whoever signs him has to give up two first-round picks, and they have to pay him a lot of money. And, uh, you know, we're seeing that here in Philly. Is what the, is the salary cap going to look like when Jalen Hurts gets his? It becomes harder to put other pieces in place when you're paying your quarterback, you know, a quarter of your salary cap or, or whatever the number is, you know, a third of your salary cap. I, I don't know, but uh, it's a big number. And if you bring in – It's Jackson, a big number, yes. Yeah, you're going to have to pay your quarterback, and then what are you going to do? I mean, the Colts have other holes that they need to fill. So that's the benefit to drafting a, a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, and, and if you have a rookie quarterback, and I think the Colts would be crazy if they don't take a quarterback. You don't draft in the top five every year. At least you don't hope to. 
draft in the top five. So when you're there, the quarterback's the most important position, and the Colts don't have one. And if they bring in Jackson, then you're going to have to pay him a lot of money. It's going to impede what you can do with the rest of your roster. So the benefit of the rookie quarterback is you pay him, you know, a minimum, I mean, it's still a lot of money, but you're paying him, you know, a fraction of what a guy like Jackson would cost. So that will allow you to build other parts of your roster. We saw with Jalen Hurts, he only made a couple million last year, took him to the Super Bowl, but the Eagles were able to give money uh, to some guys on one-year contracts because they could, because they could afford it. So, uh, that's the that's the benefit to having a rookie. And listen, I know Jackson's a, a good player. I worry about his injury history. He hasn't been able to finish the last couple of years. That's a concern. Uh, and then the money. So I would stay away from him if I were the Colts uh, because you do have other areas you need to address. And bring in a rookie. Find somebody you're happy with. Find somebody. You have Shane Steichen in the building who helped Philip Rivers become rookie of the year. Not Philip Rivers. Uh, Justin Herbert. Uh, become the rookie of the year back in 2019 or 20. And then he came to Philadelphia and helped Jalen Hurts become, you know, a runner-up MVP. I mean, this guy's got a track record of developing quarterbacks. And why wouldn't you want to bring in someone you want at number four, uh, no matter who it is, uh, you know, bring him in, pay him the rookie salary and, and then build the rest of your roster. We'll see how that, that goes. You know, going back over there to Philadelphia, Chelsea Gardner-Johnson, I mean, he's a safety stud. I think the Colts would like to have him, too. Uh, he was tied for the NFL. Obviously, you know that with lead with six inter- yeah. interceptions last year. Uh, only uh, Trevon Diggs and Justin Simmons had more interceptions than Gardner, uh, Gardner-Johnson. Should it, the Colts are, I mean, should, the, should Philly keep him? What's He's obviously a free agent and one of the best, uh, so he's going to want some money. Yeah, and, you know, it's the, the safety market's interesting. Uh, the Bengals lost Jesse Bates, but they just, re- they just brought in Nick Scott on, on a pretty decent deal. I think it was three years, $12 million, $4 million a year. You know, CJ had six interceptions last year that was tied for the most in the NFL, and he missed five games. So you factor in another five games, maybe he finishes with seven, eight, nine interceptions. Who knows? I mean, the guy's a ball hawk. He's a playmaker on defense. Um, but the Eagles, they would love to have him back. I'm surprised that he's still out there on the market. It, it, clearly, to me, he's asking for more money than what other teams right. want to pay him or he would be signed by now. You know, Jesse Bates left for Atlanta four years, $164 million, uh, I think was the number. Or maybe it was, no, it was $64 million, Four years, $64 million, uh, like $15-plus million a year. I think that's what Chauncey Gardner-Johnson wants, and so far nobody's willing to give it to him or he'd be off the market. So, I don't know where he's going to end up. He may have to play on a one-year deal, and, and maybe that deal's in Philadelphia, a, a, a prove-it deal. But he's only 25 years old. That's another thing he has going for him is he's a young player who's an ascending player. Um, but for some reason, he can't find a deal anywhere, and he may end up having to settle for a one-year deal, whether that's in Philly or Indy or wherever. Uh, you know, He's going to have to play on an incentive-laden deal, it looks like, at this point. You know, another uh, eagle you're probably very familiar with is, is Isaac Samola. Samola, did I say that name right? He's, he's certainly a good starting guard. And, yeah. Yeah. And, Ciamalo, and he'll be, uh, say it. Isaac Ciamalo. Okay. Ciamalo. Okay. I got you. Uh, certainly he'll be an impactful starter for whatever team does he end up with. But does the Eagles keep him or just say, hey, uh, you know, it's been good and wish you the best of luck? Well, I think. I think Kelsey coming back, Jason Kelsey, you know, the Eagles have drafted Kelsey's replacement the last couple of years. They drafted Landon Dickerson to be the replacement. 
Kelsey came back. They moved Dickerson to left guard, and he, you know, he looks fantastic. So he's not going to move from left guard. Then they draft last year Cam Jurgens out of Nebraska in the second round. Couldn't get off the bench because Kelsey's there. He learned how to play guard. So to me, it looks like you know with Kelsey back, Jurgens is probably going to go to right guard. Uh, or I'm sorry, left. Yeah, wait, right guard. Yeah. So Siamalu probably has right. to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but so Siamalu's probably gone, um, and I'm surprised he's still out there. I know he's had a little bit of an injury history, um, but, man, that guy, he's just – all the, his teammates talk about how cerebral he is, how, uh, you know, you can ask him anything and he knows the answer. He's a coach's son uh, from Oregon, uh, just, you know, really smart player and a very good player, and he's still, I think, 27 or 28 years old. I mean, he's still a younger player, so – I'm surprised no one's taken a run at him. Maybe, like I said, there's some concern over his injury history. But um, I don't think he's coming back to Philly. I think some team would be pretty smart to pick him up. So, you know, another guy out there is Devenian Clowney. I was going to talk with Adam about this earlier when we had him on with the Browns. He didn't certainly didn't have the most impressive season going into his free agency does he stay with the Browns or does he keep the deal with the Browns? He's probably going to make a little less money if that happens, but I don't know that he is the clowning that he used to be. So is he going to get the money that he thinks that he deserves or thoughts on well, that? Well, yeah, again, like guys, guys like him that are still out there, like Chauncey Gardner Johnson, you, you wonder like, are, are they being realistic in what, what they're asking for? Um, because they're still out there. Uh, you know, maybe, you know, I'm trying to think how old Clowney is. He's probably what? He's in his 30s, isn't he? Um, maybe around 30. But, you know, he's been in the league a long time. He's played with several different teams now. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with him. I mean, maybe it's a situation where, like we saw with Linval Joseph and with Damakong Sue, they waited till November last year to sign. You know, maybe, maybe he's at that point of his career where he's like, you know, let me just see how it pans out. Let's get the training camp. See who might need a, a, a defensive uh, end or a defensive lineman once guys start maybe getting hurt, uh, and then go from there. Uh, just kind of in a no-rush state of mind right now. But maybe he goes back to Cleveland. I, I don't know what the holdup is. I'm not as familiar with Clowney as some of the other guys, but um, I guess we'll see. I mean, he's been on, what, five to four different teams, I think. Um, kind of bounced around a little bit. Uh, I don't know. Um Production hasn't been there. I think he only had two sacks last year. Um, so, I, I don't know. Maybe he's, he's another guy that might have to settle for a one-year deal somewhere. So, we're going into uh, the balance overtime. We won't keep you too much longer, but uh, we'll be dropping into the podcast here now. But, uh, you know, the Colts, are, and they're still I hear there's still conversations with him. We don't know yet. Uh, but Dalton Schultz uh, tied in with, with with Dallas. Obviously, when Jack Doyle left, it left a big hole in that tight end position. They'd like to fill that hole. As, as we talked about earlier, the Colts have many holes to fill. You know, And I like Schultz. He's one of the top uh, tight ends available. And I was talking with uh, Adam earlier that, you know, I, I hope they keep Kelly uh, here as a center so they don't have to get a New Jersey. Because I – not the state New Jersey, but a New Jersey. <laughs> but <laughs> I, right. I uh, used to always get uh, tied in, uh, going back to Dallas Clark. And so, you know, I, I was going to get a Jack Doyle jersey, but he's, he left. And now Kelly is, is – we're still trying to decide whether or not to keep him. I, I hope he stays because uh, he's, he's a good center. But 
that said, Dalton Schultz, uh, you're probably familiar with him with Dallas. He's certainly one of the, the, the best tight ends available on the market, and the Colts can afford him. I, I, I think that's a possibility. It's, it's nothing that's been – certainly all the local talking heads are saying that they are in conversations with Dallas to see if that can happen, see if they can make that happen. Um, what are your thoughts about him? Is, is he as good as everybody says he is, or – yeah, I, I love I his player. Well in fantasy I, football, so if I'm going to gauge it from there. <laughs> yeah, and he's and he's only 25 or six years old. I mean, he's mm-hmm. you know maybe 26 or 27 actually, but you know he, he's he's been very productive five years in Dallas. But the problem with tight ends in the free agent market is this is a really deep class of tight ends coming into the NFL, and, and again, if you're going to spend a ton of money on a tight end like Schultz. You know, you better make sure that you don't like anybody in the draft or feel like you could get somebody. Because the draft, you bring somebody in, you have them under control for three, four years at a relatively cheap number. So, you know, Schultz is battling an uphill climb here because there are a lot of good tight I think it's like 13 tight ends that could go uh, in the draft uh, this this year. So that could be where the, you know, unless Schultz is – Again, we're probably getting into one-year contract territory here four, four days into free agency, you know, kind of the prove-it deals. And, you know, maybe you can get them on a one-year fairly inexpensive deal, 8 to $10 million, something like that, and then still draft a tight end. But that's the problem is there's a lot of good tight ends coming into the draft. And so it's hard to be a free agent tight end when, you know, you can draft somebody who's going to play for four years for you for a pretty good number instead of paying somebody a big – ton of money like Schultz is going to probably want. So that's the problem Absolutely. with Schultz. And he's a great player. Absolutely. He's a good player. Love to have him. But, you know, again, you have to balance what it's going to cost to pay him versus what you can get in the draft. Now, uh, we, we mentioned earlier as far as what Ballard, and to put the homework cat back on, I know we spent about a half hour on the homework cat earlier. But, uh, you know, what Ballard has, has done so far in the free agency is is not – a lot. I mean, we signed Samson Ucom, of course, our kicker that we talked about, Matt Gay, Taven Bay, and Gardner Minster. So, you know, they released uh, uh, Ryan, $17 million cap space. Oh, but by the way, we have to pay him $18 million because he had a, a great uh, uh, one of those contracts that says he's going to get paid. So he's going to get paid, and he might end up over at San Francisco. Who knows? But that's the, I, I digress. Ed, I digress. A, a guy that we like here in Indianapolis. Comes from the Raiders, uh, Rock Johnson, cornerback. I think, you know, I don't think Ballard really wanted to say goodbye to, yeah, that guy, Nakukula, Nakaka, <laughs> Yannick. We'll just call him Yannick. Uh, but uh, didn't really want to have all of that happen, but it did. So we look at Rock Johnson as coming to the Colts, and I love that. What are your thoughts? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, Temple kid, right? Rocky Sin right here in Philadelphia. I think he did. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's a Temple guy. I think he's originally from Georgia. I'm pretty familiar with Rocky Sin. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, he's he's a pretty good corner. And, you know, again, what, it's a deep class of cornerbacks coming into the draft. I hate to say this, but there's a lot of corners you know, coming in. Right. It's, it's tight end corners, and I think edge rushers are – kind of like where the draft has its strength and quarterbacks, I guess you could say too. There's a lot of good uh, quarterbacks, but cornerbacks, another one. And, you know, again, you can solve some of your needs in the draft at corner. Uh, you can get one in the second round and, 
you know, I don't know what Rock's going to want. I can't imagine it's too much. And, again, one-year territory, you know, you might be able to steal some guys on these one-year deals. We see, we've seen Howie do that here at Howie Roseman here in Philly do that with a lot of success, signing players to one-year deals. And then the flip side is, is if they have great years, they're off to somewhere else. Like a Kaiser White had a one-year deal, and James right. Bradbury had a one-year deal, but he came back. So that's the risk you run. If the guy comes in and does great, you either have to sign him to a big deal or you have to let him go. But at least you have him for that one year to see if he can, you know, make a run at something good. You know, I think Rock would fit that profile. So, obviously, with Paris Campbell going to the Giants, that's uh, what a lot of Colts fans were like, well, we didn't want to, we didn't want to see that happen. Uh, but it did. And so Paris Campbell's gone. We need somebody to come in there and, and play side-by-side with um, – with Pittman and, and, and others and, and, and Pittman uh, to, to do well in the wide receiver. We need to fill that hole. B.J. Clark from Detroit. I asked uh, Rick about him, and he thinks it would be a good addition. And, of course, Rick. Rick but <laughs> but uh, uh, D.J. Clark, I like him from Detroit. You think, and I have not heard one way or the other, uh, but do you think the Colts should make a move uh, for – I mean, I know he missed some games last season uh, because, he, you know, he, he had some injuries and, you know, he was with Detroit. So there's that. But D.J. Clark, I, I think a good choice for the Colts. And I'm feeding every free agent to the Colts. Let's just pick up the top <laughs> ten free agents and move them over to the Colts, and, and then our problem is solved. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. You have, you know, free agency should be about. I, I don't know, kind of maybe filling a hole or two, but you can't, you can't survive in free agency. You can't have a long-term success. I don't think in free agency. So you have to make sure that the guy's going to come in and be able to contribute at a spot you really need. And I guess, you know, you can say the Colts need receivers. They they lost Paris Campbell, but, you know, you still have some guys there. And, you know, what would Shark take? I, I, don't, I don't know. He, he did miss time last year, but he still had a really good season. I think he averaged 16 yards a catch, uh, you know, um, for the Lions after coming over from the Jags where he was a second-round pick. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you really feel like you need a receiver, and it's not a good receiver draft, not considered to be a good, deep receiver draft, but there's a couple good ones at the top end, but then it drops off pretty quickly. So, you know, maybe if you don't feel like you can find somebody in the draft, then, yeah, you look at a guy like Shark or uh, whoever else is on the market. I don't know. Is Allen Robinson still out there for the Rams? I'm not sure what his situation is. Uh, Woodward is. Right. I'm not sure about Allen Robinson, though. So, we'll, yeah. yeah. I, uh, and then, again, what's he going to cost? And, and then you have to look at next year's draft and see if there's any good receivers coming in where – if you sign somebody on a one-year deal, are you going to be able to draft somebody in 2024 because it's a stronger class? I mean, you know, you have to look long-term at, at the situation at, at each position too. So, you know, I, I don't know what the draft looks like in 2024 at receiver, but you know the guys in the Colts' front office do and every other front office in the NFL does. So uh, if you feel like it's a strong class, then maybe you try to get a guy on one year to come in and, and fill a, fill a hole for you until you can go ahead and draft one in a year from now. So maybe Shark fits that that mold, or, or maybe there are other guys out there at receiver. I haven't been too locked in at receiver because the Eagles are pretty set at receiver mm-hmm. with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, maybe Quez Watkins. So, you know, I haven't paid as much attention to the receiver spot because 
it's something the Eagles don't need, that's for sure. So uh, before we let you go and wrap it up, put a ball on us, we're going to have you put your teacher hat on. I'm going to ask you to give everybody a grade, uh, or at least ABC on a, on a few teams. Or I'm going to go ahead and give an A to the Philadelphia Eagles for the Marcus Mar- Mariota signing. Uh, and uh, the Patriots, uh, they signed Mike Geske too, so maybe the Patriots are on their on their way back. But I'm going to give the Philadelphia Eagles an A for their Marcus Mar- uh, Mariota pickup. That's where it should have it probably, you know, the word finally comes to mind, right? With Marcus Mariota. <laughs> he was the prince. Yeah. He was the prince of Philly there for, at one time. But go ahead. Yeah. I. Well, I mean, I, I'll give the 49ers an A for signing Javon Hargrave, the Eagles defensive tackle. They're paying him a lot of money, but he's coming into a situation in San Francisco. That defensive line is going to be strong, just like the Eagles was. So, Hargrave really adds to that defensive front for the 49ers. I, I think that was an A move. Hargrave's a great guy off the field, you know, pretty pretty shy guy, you know, keeps to himself. But when you talk to him, he's just a fun guy. You know, he'll talk to you about anything. And, uh, yeah, I love that signing. I, I hate to see Javon Hargrave leave Philly. Uh, but I think the 49ers got themselves a, a good person and someone that's really going to help make that defensive line stronger. Talk about Jimmy G. I, I give the I'll, I'll give the Raiders a, a, a passing grade of B, I guess, uh, for picking up Jimmy uh, Jimmy G. Landing there in the in the Sin City. I still I still want to call him Oakland. I don't know why. I'm the same way with the Chargers. So. <laughs> same with the Rams. So who knows? So, but uh, you know, uh, they found the replacement for Derek Carr, and and obviously he got a good deal down in Carolina. So uh, Jimmy G. Going to the Raiders. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, if he can if he can stay healthy, I mean, you know, he's taken the 49ers to, you know, has won some playoff games. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a solid quarterback. I think the health situation is something you have to monitor. But, um, yeah, I, I like that signing. I, I'm, I'm with you. I'd give it a B. Uh, another passing grade I, I give to the Falcons. They were able to get to Tyler Henneke uh, over from the Commanders. Uh, and we saw what a great job he did for the commanders. And so certainly he's headed down to Atlanta to join the Falcons. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, Heineke, I like Heineke. It's always just been a consistency thing with him. You know, can he find that consistency? And, uh, you know, maybe in Atlanta he will. And sometimes it takes guys a couple of years to, to, you know, figure that out and to get a little more consistent in the game. But, yeah, I like that signing as well. I, I, I give that a good solid. Uh, they needed they – needed, uh, somebody down there and uh, you know he could be could be good a good signing for them uh you know desmond ritter has got some time last year it was okay but yeah i think he brings a little bit of experience and i, and I think that was a good signing for, for them you know uh when i was growing up we, we we always say well these are passing grade and my dad would always say not in this house <laughs> i'm going to give i'm going <laughs> to give the saints a d for keeping Jameis Winston and bringing Derek Carr down. Jameis Winston, had, you know, he decided he was, they were going to stay with this, the Saints and, and, and finalize the new deal. Maybe this is a good move for both sides, but I, I honestly think why did you bring in Derek Carr if you're going to keep Jameis and Winston? Now you got a situation where two guys are getting paid and are trying to find a, a spot to play on Sunday. It, to me, it doesn't make sense to have both of them there. Thoughts? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think Winston wanted to go back to New Orleans, and you do need, you know, two good quarterbacks in this league. You know, you need your starter, and then you need a, a good backup. And 
we're seeing a lot of backups getting paid pretty good money. You know, Mariota is one of them. Five million could go to eight million, and and maybe Winston's that guy too. But I, I've never been a big uh, Jameis Winston uh, fan. I don't I don't think you know yeah, he's a guy I'm, that can. A lot of the off the 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 field shenanigans too. But yes, I agree. Yeah, I just don't think he's got the skills. I mean, he can win games maybe in short bursts. You know, one, two. If he has to start one or two games, yeah. But over. The 17-game season, I, I think he gets exposed. Uh, so, as a backup, yeah, fine. Um, you know, New Orleans needed a backup, and they decided to keep Winston. And you, you need backups you think can win for you when they, if they were to get a chance. And, I, like I said, I think Winston can do that. And If you need him for a whole season or a half a season, then you're in trouble. But I think one or two games in a year, maybe he can win you one or, one or two of those games. One final uh, grade to give, and we'll let you go, sir. Tom Brady, he has left the NFL. He has left the building. He has left Tampa Bay. They found their savior in Baker Mayfield, signed him for a one-year, $8.5 million deal to join the Buccaneers to bring up the help to get over the loss of Brady. <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it's an okay. I'll, I'll, give him a, I'll give him a passing grade. Let's see. Okay? Uh, it's a passing grade. Okay? But – I, I don't know, but Baker Mayfield is Baker Mayfield. I mean, he's been one of those Rocky Road ice cream type of, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, type yeah. of type of players, if you will. So, you know, he was the, the former number one overall pick, so he's got that on his resume. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. Does, yeah. does Tampa Bay give him that plausible start over? I don't know. Maybe it's a start over point for both of them. We'll see. It's only a one-year deal, so. Yeah, I only mean, one you know, year, eight Yeah, I, I, he'll probably, you know, Kyle Trask will be given a chance too, but I think probably Baker Mayfield probably wins that job. And you know, we've seen him and another guy not been very consistent. He'll have a good game, a couple of good games, and then he has a clunker. So you know, uh, see if he can figure all that out in Tampa and. Uh, as far as Brady, you don't think Brady's going to go to Miami, do you? Like in training camp when Tua comes to his eye low, right? gets hurt or something, yeah, he could end up in Miami. But <laughs> yeah, uh, come out of retirement, yeah, of course that's going to happen. But you know, we'll, yeah. we'll see, we'll see. You know, so yeah. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, joining us today, helping us break down the free agency madness in March Madness as we know it. Sir, where can people find your working masterpieces? Uh, yeah, uh, at Kratzy, K-R-A-C-Z-E, or uh, NFL, or uh, SI.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles. Well, we're going to be leaning on you throughout this free agency see, uh, signing, and, and uh, we'll have you back on when Tom Beatty unretires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, All right, buddy. Yeah. Yep. All right. Thanks, Tom. Talk to you soon. Uh, we appreciate you, man. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yep. Bye-bye. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, SI.com, our official NFL contributor, breaking down what's going on in this crazy world of the NFL free agency. And it has been that. But has March Madness been any, any better? Our, our, our show was called Boiler Down. Our show was called Boiler Down. And, you know, I'm going to play this one more time. We're going to get out of here, I promise. But, uh, as you heard over the weekend, playing game, uh, uh, Fair Fairline, Fairline Dixon, little small school in uh, New Jersey, 
Has anybody ever heard of them? I, I don't know. But they take down – at number 16 seed, he takes down a number one seed. They had the play-in game, and they won after the game. Here was the victory speech from the coach. Hey, hey. I don't want this – I don't want Purdue to see this, right? I walked into breakfast this morning, Cam Cody. What did you say to me, Cam? Merle, Merle, where's the camera? The more I watch Purdue, the more I think we can beat him. Let's go shock the world. Let's go to the Hey, enjoy, enjoy this one. Enjoy this one. Be humble, right? Be humble. Enjoy this one. We go back. We're headed to Columbus. Great job. Well, Purdue's going I love it. That's a sound bite that's been heard around all over the world. Everybody has, is talking about that sound bite and what a word of prophecy that it was uh, by the coach. Uh, I love it. 16 seed. I mean, it's, is, that our, is that our new Cinderella team? I don't know. We shall find out. My name is Tom Wackless, El Presidente. Make sure you're following us on our social universe, the Twitter, at T-Balance or Facebook, The Balance. And, uh, again, sorry that we weren't able to have uh, some NASCAR talk today, but we certainly will have all the updates on Twitter and Facebook. And uh, we'll try to get Steve on next week to, to continue our NASCAR conversation. My name is Tom Mark with El Presidente. Don't drink and drive. It isn't cool. I'm out of here, deuces. Mm-hmm.